When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Map Mania, episode 30 with special guest Matt Con. Ring the bell. Back with another episode of Matt Mania. So we talk about wrestling with people who know wrestling from a fan's perspective. Uh, today my guest is a good buddy of mine, Matt Con. Matt, are you there? Hello, what's up, Mega Ran? What's going on, Matt? Just chilling, uh, playing some Overwatch over here in San Francisco, and uh, yeah, just got back from Japan, just like yourself. We got we got to see some some wonderful New Japan, which was amazing. We did, we did. We went to a New Japan house show. That was where I, the first time I actually technically met you was there in person, and uh, we had we had a good time, man. It was it was really great. We. We got standing room only seats. No, we 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 were uh, we were both at Money in the Bank. Wait a minute, were we? Yeah. Hold up. Okay, we didn't really hang out though. No, no. I, I think I said hi at Money in the Bank, but because uh, yeah, because then we uh, I was gonna go over to Dreas, and I went over to Dreas, and they were like, "Oh, you need a dress code," and I was like, "Fuck it." And then I saw the I saw the oh can I curse in the show or is this not a cursing show? Yeah, absolutely. Go, okay. go right ahead. I was I saw yeah, they saw the dress code, I was like, never mind. And uh, and then I saw the pictures with like the Warriors and stuff, and none of the Warriors, uh, 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 Kevin Love and stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. It was insane. Um yeah, that was so, like the craziest night of my life, which is that's hilarious that you were you were in the in the same city. Like we were worried about dress codes, so we went the extreme opposite and went and rented tuxedos and we're like man why not like if we're gonna do it big we gotta do it big right yeah so we we rented tuxes and we were like the absolute most overdressed people in the party and uh so we felt like idiots and we're like hot and sweaty on the dance floor and it was just not not a great look but (laughs) so much fun though i mean there was the cleveland cavaliers there was wale there was the new day like it was just madness and uh, it was right after they won the championship. Uh, yeah, like one of the craziest moments of, of my existence, I gotta say. Like, I was like, how do we get here, dude? Like, this is crazy. So, yeah, we kind of overdid it. Then we we're like, dude, we're overdressed, so let's just go back and change. So we did. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's yeah. right. You were at Money. Yeah, and I was thinking about like renting the tux, and I was like, eh, forget it. Like, but yeah, and then once I saw the pics, I was like, oh, man, I should have hung out with Wale and Kevin Love and stuff. <laughs> Dude, you should have hung out just a little longer. Like, seriously, like, it was insane. Oh, man. Uh, so, anyway. So, uh, New Japan. Um, that was my first time catching New Japan event. Was that your first time as well? Yeah, yeah. The first time seeing New Japan live. Uh, definitely a unique experience. Definitely, like, nothing like going to a, a WWE live show. 
Now, I talk about that a lot on here. Like, the, I've done two episodes since I got back, and I, I said that. Like, man, it's just such a different environment. But maybe you could just slightly explain that. Like, what's different about it? Is it better, worse, or just different? Um, I mean, it's different. I think that, like, in the same way as, um, you know, I just actually just the other day went out to, like, this really raging party at a, at a nightclub. And uh, the difference between, like, when you go out drinking socially, Yeah, I was shocked, man. I thought it was going to be in the Tokyo Dome, like, even for house shows. I mean, I figured that they would just sell it out. And for them to, like, for us to be able to walk up, and granted, they were standing room only, but still, I, I was really expecting to be turned away. You know, it was like, it's day of, and there's no way that we're going to be able to get in here. And uh, sure enough, we did. It was hot and crowded, and just like everywhere else in Japan, <laughs> but... But, you know, uh, I had an amazing time. And I thought, I, I always talk about the crowd. Like, what do you think? I mean, I feel like the crowd has such a deeper understanding and respect for the different parts and nuances of wrestling that American fans, I think, are starting to open up to. But overall, I mean, you see a lot of, like, applause on kind of like some, what we would consider to be some regular moveset, you know, combos and and then there's there's the stop for applause and things like that that I really enjoyed. It felt like much more like a show, you know, a very intimate show. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I definitely thought it was interesting. You know, like you read these books by like Jericho or different people who about when they go to Japan in like the '90s and how like the crowds be like dead silent during the matches because they just want to enjoy it. Um, and I think that's changed. I think that you know, in the same way as you know, we're watching here in America as like our tastes are starting to change and we're starting to create like this like globalist kind of, you know, uh, WWE's basically become a globalist brand where they're doing like this, you know, the CWC and, you know, you can just kind of see it in the way that like they're, they're definitely moving away from this like, you know, you like all the wrestlers have to be these like white American, you know, male, you know, and now they're starting to have women, they're starting to have people from different nationalities and like, and you know. Ah, that's really interesting. I do, I do feel like there is a, a big melding of the styles right now from east to west, where it's all kind of coming together. I feel like, like you said, American fans are starting to appreciate the small nuances of, of the art of wrestling, and uh, and the Japanese audience is starting to uh, appreciate the loudness, <laughs> you know, and the activeness of, 
of the American style. So, so that's pretty cool. I see see a good little melding of, of cultures there, which is which is fun, I think. All right, but let's get into you, Mr. Matt Khan. All right, you. First of all, I was impressed with your knowledge of New Japan while I was there. I was asking you the whole time. You were my uh, my encyclopedia of who was who and what was what in uh, New Japan. So, what is your history with wrestling? Like, if you can go back, like, what's your earliest wrestling memory? Yeah, well, so... Uh, Where did it start? Yeah, it started with WCW. It started with uh, the Monday Night Wars. Um, I don't remember, uh, maybe like six or seven, I just, I think... This was right as Hall and Nash were invading, and for whatever reason, uh, I think my dad, you know, put on on Nitro, and I was hooked from then on. Um, and you know, I, I got to see, I think, just as Hogan was turning. Um, and yeah, it just was really cool getting to like, you know, I wasn't familiar with the WWF at the time uh, at all, and uh, I even remember like uh, my one of my like uncles or someone in my family was actually like a really high level executive at like WWF and uh, at one point I guess like they got us floor seats like you know at the front row for some WWF show and I didn't I'd never watched WWF at that time uh, but I know that like I guess my parents were like oh Matt likes wrestling we should take him to a wrestling show and so they took me out to like Maine they were like oh we're going to a basketball show or something and I was like eh, I don't really care and there, and then we went in and I was like is there a ring there and then they surprised me um, and, but it was all wrestlers that, like, looking back now, I, I feel like I would have been so much more, like, you know, it was like, I got to see, you know, front row, like, Bret Hart, and, and, and you know, Undertaker, and Owen Hart, and, you know, all these people who were just, like, Shawn Michaels, and at the time, I just didn't even, like, appreciate it, so, uh, going back, I'm like, oh, man, that was really cool, I got to sell that live, um, but I just didn't, I didn't know the characters, I didn't know what was going on, um, to me, I was all, like, I wanted to see, you know, the Wolfpack, and I wanted to see NWO, so. Nice, nice. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I grew up with that, and I, you know, I watched it for a couple of years, and I think, you know, um, much I, I fell in love with it. Much What's Goldberg? Goldberg beat Hogan. You mean? Right, I, I, I really, they they were they were cooking with gas for a long time, and I feel like they just shot their load. And I mean, maybe I didn't think about it at the time, but I do remember Goldberg beating Hogan in the Georgia Dome and thinking like, I would have paid my everything to see this, and I get to see it for free. <laughs> you know, I do remember thinking that, and so they were just saying how they left so much money on the table, like looking back how that should have totally been a pay-per-view match. And and then from there, you're right, it just kind of all tumbled, you know. But, but but I mean, like, let's forget the money for a second, like, right? Like, because the money side, like, they don't, you know, we don't we don't know how the, how the money works, right? Uh, so, but that aside, I think it's just, like, to have that be, like, the the, the, the whole, you know, the money's in the chase, right? And to give, to, to give that away in terms of, like, to give Goldberg the win... That's it. There's and they didn't have anyone else like waiting in the rafters. Like it, it, 
there was like, I mean there was there was nothing left. Well, Sting so, was literally in the rafters. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> was this is after Sting did his thing and teased the NWO and all that. Was this after that, or I think yeah, that might have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I'm reading a book now, The Death of WCW, uh, which came out a few years ago, but it's been re reprinted with a new foreword. And um, and that's mainly what they talk about, and it, they get into a lot of that. And um, I remember being so into it, but I would flip back and forth at that time. I think that the rise of Stone Cold at the same time as Goldberg really had me into it, where I was flipping back and forth. But it was absolutely the NWO. It was me watching Hall & Nash enter uh, into WCW, which got me back into wrestling, I think. Um, you know, it was some early 2000s where I feel like it kind of really dropped off, and then um, then I got back into it. But I do want to talk about, you mentioned um, people and their place in history and some things like that, but I want to talk about John Cena before we go into the pay-per-view and all that. Sure, sure, sure. We've been, um, some buddies of mine have been chatting about it, and John Cena, as you know, is uh, close to tying the 16 world championship reigns of Ric Flair. Um, I feel like right now WWE has kind of forgotten their history a little bit. And I think maybe for a good reason. They're like, hey, new era, wipe the slate clean, all these new belts and things without mention of all these other guys who have done these things. Um, so with that being said, do you think, because I feel like the internet will kind of explode if Cena hits 16, and especially if he passes 16, um, what will be your what? What's your opinion on that? Do you feel like we can handle it? Do you think it should happen? Do you think it shouldn't happen? What do you think? Uh, I think we can handle it, and I think if anybody deserves it, it's Cena. I think Triple H is going to get there first. I think I, I almost feel like that's just like at the end of the day, you know, like I think Triple. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, like Triple H wants to be the one who gets, you know, who gets it all, right? But he, I think he's also become smarter as he's been, gotten older, and he, he's beginning to realize that he can, you know, by being the boss, he can have it all. Uh, but I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if he's going to get greedy again, you know, I don't know if he's going to, because he's so close, right? He's at, he's at 14, right? Yeah, I think so. So, I think, yeah, I think, I think that with his most recent quick stunt, stint, you know, became 14. Um, so, yeah, so you think, you think Triple H will creep up past Cena and just get it. I don't know, maybe. I think I think I think there's I think there's a story there and I think that you could he could delude himself into being like, that's a more interesting story, you know, be like I'm the evil boss that's like trying to like, you know, steal it. I think so. I mean, I think I can handle it, and I feel like it's like, like I, I agree with you there. With if anybody deserves it, I think in the current 
era, it's definitely Cena. I mean, he's held it down for so long. I think doing that and giving him that would be making a statement that a lot of, I guess, fans aren't comfortable with. You know what I mean? Like saying that this is the guy. Like he's. But, but, but I think it, it depends on how you look at it. You know, like I think if you look at it from like a, you know, um, a storyline perspective, right? Of like, is John Cena the most interesting dynamic character? And like, obviously not. Like it's his his character is is never really evolved. It's always been a one note character. Um, it's always been just kind of like the Superman kind of like. Even like Hogan has more like you know variance in terms of how the character is presented because. You know, uh, under it all, we all knew that Hogan was a scumbag, right? Um, but it was just kind of interesting seeing this, like, you know, this super in overpowered character, but then he's like a scumbag. And you, or you have Ultimate Warrior, who's, who's overpowered, but he's crazy. Uh, or you have, you know, Ric Flair, he's like this overpowered thing, but he's kind of this, like, misogynistic playboy, not really, like, a good person. And I think that, you know, you look at John Cena, he's like, he's like a genuinely, like, good, empathetic nice person who's doing it for like the kids and he does it for like the you know the kids who have like you know terminal diseases and i think at the end of it like he genuinely like maybe he has some like you know elements of like wanting fame and money sure but it seems like he genuinely does it for the love of He was very interesting in the beginning. I thought heel, cocky Cena rapping was was very interesting. Um, but you know they calmed out all that down, and now it's it's been a pretty vanilla character since then. But um, I don't know. Do you think do you think a heel turn or a heel run for those last few, and then maybe the the big face turnaround to to go over the top might might make it a Oh, I'm sure he's going to have a big heel turn soon. I mean, I think that, like, right now, you're, you're, they're setting, like, the, you know, even, like, right now, we just saw the first clean loss of Cena on a non-pay-per-view in nine years. Uh, you know, I think that you are seeing that they're finally starting to do stuff with his character. Um I just wanted to throw that in there. That wasn't even part of the script. We went a little off, went, went into business for ourselves there. But if, no, if, if they can, if they can work the audience into like, if that, if 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 that's what triggers an audience heel turn, you know, like maybe, like maybe they don't like, you know, because the thing is that you can't turn Cena heel by just making him a heel. Like, what is a heel anymore? 
you know? Well, yeah, now it's, a, it's such a different thing. And I remember that uh, JR was saying that, like, dude, like, what's what's a heel today when, like, basically no one respects the rules? So, yeah, what do you got to do to be a bad guy? And I think that that's what they're kind of somewhat botching with Seth. I think they're kind of trying to turn him face. But he hasn't had the, the face turn event. You know what I mean? But we'll get to that later. But I feel like he hasn't really had an event where it's like, okay, he's definitely a good guy because he did this. You know? Oh, what I, mean? I, well, I think that he's still in the tweener remote. I think, and I, I think that that's actually like really like well done. I think is that like you know um, they haven't done the face event. I think it is coming, but I think it's a very slow turn where like even just from this pay per view, he's starting to do his face moves again, where he's you know like does like the the, the double dot like suicide dive. Uh, yeah, I feel like leading up to the pay-per-view, him doing those dives, I mean, that, those are totally, like, good guy maneuvers, so I feel like it's it's coming, but I, I, I mean, I, I, if it is a slow build towards it, then I, I'm with it. Well, because I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, without jumping too far forward, I think the obvious match that, like, that they are planning for, and I think that like, if you look a mile away, it has to be Triple H versus Rollins, and tri- you know, like, if they're keeping him with the pedigree, and... I'm assuming they're gonna, you know, they're not gonna somehow switch. You know, they're not Triple H is not gonna be a face somehow. So I mean, you know, I think that they're they're gonna keep building. I think that they just need to, you know, continue to screw him over and do these like two on one things until eventually he becomes sympathetic, and then they can do the big turn. Okay, all right, I guess so. This is similar, I guess. You know, and I think like we talked about in the beginning, there is some. uh, There's a lot of joy in the chase you know we talked about the wcw with with goldberg and so the good guy has to kind of get screwed around a lot so we can build the sympathy up you know and then you don't just blow your load with the payoff immediately so i do feel like that's the long-term plan seth and triple h so um i'll be excited for that all right we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back with clash of the champions match by match we're going to rate it we're going to give these uh matches grades and the pay-per-view and overall grade. And we'll be back. It's Mega Ran. It's Matt Con. It's Matt Mania. Bits and rhymes every time. Yeah, Marcus, what up? We are the underestimated. Thank you, Andrew. It's all good because we made it. Thank you. Overlooked, underutilized, slept on, scrutinized, criticized, brutalized. Now I'm feeling supersized. Overcame the odds and understood the prize. Now they put me in the game, so I'm finally alive. And now. Seven times with snakes and doubters Who sniping ideas then go get cake without us No more, cause we done learn how to take the power Cause this game is ours To the top is where we going The chosen like Roman Rolling thick as Samoans Been hoping for my moment Now it's time to let it soak in Vinegar for listeners Vintage is my signature Marcus sets them up and I get minutes to the finisher Yeah, I go You said I couldn't do it That y'all know Your words that got me through it Said I was foolish Now everybody Rockin' to it, that's how we do it. Yeah, yeah, we cruising here. Yeah, I go. You said I couldn't do it. Let y'all know. Your words they got me through it. Said I was foolish. Now everybody rockin' to it. That's how we do it. Yeah, yeah, we cruising. Ain't no other kings of this nerd thing. They siblings, nothing but my children. Two balls, they disappearing. It's a win. Cats say you in the perfect niche. Talking sideways like I didn't work for this. Open mics, no pay. Free shows, go play. Flying across the country. On my own dime to show face Charity work, money and time I donate But no pain, no gain Cause hip-hop's my soulmate Not to be rude, but the raps are so glorious The only nerd rapper compared to Notorious 
You know how I get down, infuriate and exterminate Dalek style. Take a screenshot, Snapchat, jot this down. Got two cities on my back that I cannot let down. I respected you, and now you just a spectacle. They think they know what's best for you. I'll tell you, dream plan execute. Yeah, I go. You said I couldn't do it. That y'all know. Your words, they got me through it. Said I was foolish. Now everybody rocking to it. That's how we do it. Yeah, yeah, we cruising. Yeah, I go. You said I couldn't do it. Let y'all know. Your words, they got me through it. Said I was foolish. Now everybody rocking to it. That's how we do it. Yeah, yeah, we cruising. Yeah. Somebody should have taught me how to fail productive. Yeah. Artistic like Melina, theme acute for veil destruction. Doing something useless, producing the track that they were bumping. Stupid past reviews, they were clueless like blood on days of hunting. I made of something, but I had a race with to prove it. They don't want to say you can do it until they look amazed when you're moving. Like elevators, congratulations. They say claim you too when Dash is pressed to nothing less than seeking every bit of greatness and proving. They try to hold me down like a patroller. Just makes me multiply like the buttons on a servo controller. Said it was an uncreative waste of all my time. I had to grind a sublimate, now I spread these ways to fly I'll rise up to the stars, brightly, even on life number nine Marty, if you doubt the underdogs and tread lightly Cause we're the ones who just do it Why, it's no use, he hasn't a chance But there's a tradition of all champions behind him He has to fight, even when he has nothing left to fight with Even when he's driven helplessly back against the ropes he wobbles about and thinks he does his best to save himself from his relentless foe. Yo, what's going on everybody? This is Matt Mania, or special guest Matt Khan. We are talking wrestling, of course. Specifically, the pay-per-view that just ended, WWE's Clash of the Champions in uh, Indianapolis. So, we started off with a kickoff match. Nia Jax defeats Alicia Fox. I did not catch this match. I was on an airplane somewhere being stuck but what what do you think about this match you know i just genuinely feel bad for alicia fox i think that she tries really hard uh she's just she seems like actually like a nice person uh and i just don't think that i think that you know she's gonna be she's like this weird remnant of the divas era i think that she's gonna like continue to fade into obscurity and i think that she actually put on a really good decent decent job here in this match uh I don't know. I'm not. Like, Nia Jax is a weird character to me because, like, I think that you know she's um, she's definitely unique looking, and she definitely like can do you know like she, she does like that big kind of like giant heel character really like well. But I don't know. She's still to me like she's still so green, and I think that like uh, you know when she works a match with someone like Bailey, like they can put on a really interesting show. But uh, right now, like when she's working like these new these new people on Raw, she just seems so. Uh, she basically is like back to square one. Yeah, um, I thought. I mean, she was the biggest surprise to me in the draft, where I, I felt like she needed probably could benefit from some more time in NXT. Um, especially now, I, I would I think it would be interesting. But um, they're kind of using her raw time to develop her, which is which is interesting. I mean, I like the squash matches. I like that that happens. But um, you know, and like you said, she's she's really interesting. So. I look forward to something in the future. I don't know what exactly, but I think um, right now, and I do feel bad I mean, for Alicia it, Fox. I feel like there's there's almost no place for her right now, so even though she you know, she's talented, so it's kind of weird. I feel like if I were if I were them, I would have like kept Nia down there for a while longer, 
and then, you know, let these new women establish themselves and be like, okay, like this, the new women's division is so much better. And then, uh, and establish like all the athleticism and all that stuff. And then have Nia Jax appear maybe like in six months and just like destroy, you know, basically Brock Lesnar, you know, and like if Billy's the champ, just toss her around and just destroy her. Um, and I think that, you know, that would just be really interesting having that dynamic, right? Because you've never had a woman uh, Brock Lesnar, basically. Right, right. I think that is interesting. So, and, it, and it can still happen, so I hope it does. Uh, all right, what would you grade this match? Uh, you know, I think that it, it could have been really bad, and I think Alicia Fox managed to... to, to, to I mean, are we doing letters or are we doing stars? We're going we're gonna to go letters. Give it a letter. Letters. Uh... I mean, in terms of effort and stuff, I, I'd say a B, but I'd say that probably as a match, probably like more of a C. All right. We're going to go with a C. <laughs> or maybe a B minus. We'll go somewhere in the middle. Um, if, we're, if we're doing Melcher stars, I'd do a one and a half. Well, because, you know, because Melcher stars are not necessarily about like, it's, a, you know, it's, it's the mix of like the story mixed with like the audience, mixed with the wrestling, mixed with like a lot of things. I think I'll, I um, do those as well. I think those should be considered with the letter grade as well. Like, okay, okay, keep, okay. keep all that in mind. The story, okay, the okay. action, and you know, lack of botches. <laughs> we just go that way. Yeah, yeah right. it wasn't too bad. Okay, so we go B minus C. All right. Uh, okay. Raw Tag Team Championship match. The New Day defeats Gallows and Anderson. Uh, I missed this match. Starting off the show with the New Day, I think the second pay-per-view in a row, maybe, that this has happened. Um, but I understand you want to start it hot, um, and the New Day are hot. Or are they? Do you think the New Day is cooling off a little bit? Well, uh, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, uh, well, just the other day, I was talking to Mr. Mr. Austin, uh, Mr. Austin Creed, um, and I was feeling bad because, you know, so he's in our game, Read Only Memories, which is coming out uh, soon. Uh, we actually had to delay it again, and I'm like, oh man, this guy's going to be so tired of like me coming back to him and being like, we're delaying our game. Uh, so I felt really bad about all that. Uh, but I was just, you know, just kind of talking to him about, you know, everything. And uh, it's interesting, like, talking to him, because I, I talked to him, I talked to Kofi, I haven't actually met Big E yet, and it was kind of interesting kind of just getting their, like, I really liked New Day as a heel group, because I felt like they were, like, really subversive, right? Where they were taking this gimmick that was being forced upon them that's like super racist right but they made it work and they basically basically like co-opted the system to create their own thing where they could just kind of like do their own thing where it's like i don't you know we don't give a shit we're just gonna do whatever and they basically created a character like this like this group that's this you know three black guys are super nerdy and they just they are just themselves and they just they they live like shame free in terms of like oh we like nerdy stuff and unicorns and stuff and that's cool right and I think that was fucking. I think it was rad. And uh, you know, they pivoted maybe to, for, to heel heat, and eventually the, the you know the crowd you know caught on, and they, you know whatever, and they became faces. And obviously, when people come faces, they sort of like lose some of that edge. But I, I I worry that now that they're you know these top merchandise sellers and they have like a good thing going, that they're now playing the safe route. And and that's sort of the impression I get a little bit is like you know like these these guys are not getting paid a ton of money, you know. Um, because you know, like basically, they haven't they haven't contract renegotiated since doing New Day, and I think that they are like trying to look out for their families and you know take care of themselves. But I think that it's not really as dynamic and interesting. So you think a, a, a heel turn is probably needed to keep this going, or maybe some kind of big shakeup, or 
I think that I think that they're gonna lose the titles tonight. Okay. Uh, I think I think that that you know we have been calling a we, but I think that you know uh, we've been we the wrestling community have been like okay the 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 club have to win here they have to win and they keep on not winning keep losing yeah <laughs> but they don't but they keep losing by heel like you know what I mean like they haven't really lost clean right okay so and let's they, talk they, about this they, match though so yeah, how did they win was, I think like, it was so great how did how did New Day win I didn't catch this match as well so what happened well so so New Day came out they did their whole shtick you know that they you know they've been champions 399 days well first of all the the they mentioned it and the odd the announcers mentioned that the dates which means that they're gonna lose it really quick right soon when they, whenever they announce the dates, that means that. But also, they changed the titles to the Raw Tag Team titles instead of the World Tag Team titles. And they're still saying, we are your WWE World Tag Team title you know, champions. So I think from a business standpoint, they're going to want to take the titles off of them. So that way they can rebrand them, right? Um, and I think that for whatever reason, they decided to not do the title switch at the pay-per-view. Maybe to swerve it a little bit. Um, but it immediately started off with like Gallows Anderson coming out super strong. Super like just violent and um, it was really impressive. Uh, and yeah, basically they basically dominated most of the match. And um, they, you know, they they ended up winning. Uh, New Day ended up winning when uh, Xavier hit one of them with a trombone uh, behind the referee's back. Um, and so I, what I assume is going to happen is they're going to have like they're going to petition for like a, a, a you know a fair two on two or you know have one of them banned from ringside. And I think, and I think that tonight they're going to just like destroy them. Like it's just going to be like a total mauling, and they're going to reestablish the club as like being this like dominant team. Uh, huh. All right, that is a uh, lofty prediction. That's funny. I've been predicting New Day to lose every match in like the last four pay per views because I feel like they were mentioning it a lot about the you know the time that they had had it and things like that. And I felt like it was time for a shakeup. I feel like them losing with maybe some inner team shenanigans, like maybe Biggie makes a mistake or something like that, and then it creates a, maybe a dynamic. Because I feel like these guys are kind of surface level at this point, and it's been over a year. I'm kind of ready for. I thought they teased it with the Wyatt's thing, and I was really interested in that. And I was, I'm maybe hoping they get not necessarily some infighting, but just maybe some inner conflict that'll get these guys to take it a little more seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think that also just like I don't, I don't really feel the same level of love that they used to have in terms of like they just seem like three, like three, you know, three thieves, right? They're like thick as thieves, where they're just like they are just like they're they're pulling a fast one on the company and they're getting to do their own thing and no one can tell them what to do and it's being successful and they were just kind of like, yeah, we're fucking doing it. And now that they've kind of made it, I almost feel like they're not really as like familiar, or as friendly with one another as they used to be. Really? So you think it's just yeah? yeah. But there's not, and I and I can agree with you. They're not being as as like cutting edge and things like that. It's not. Maybe they're kind of coasting. Like we we made it, we did it, you know. I, but but I, I almost but I, but I think it's that too. But I think also like you know when you work with someone for over a year and you see them every day, I think they might be getting on each other's nerves. And I, don't, and I don't mean that from, like, a storyline perspective. I just mean, like, if you look at the way they would used to, like, play around, it'd just be super silly. And now, whenever they play around, it's always very, like, scripted and very, like, it just it feels forced. I feel like it's not natural anymore. And that that's a natural thing that can happen, you know. Like you said, being around someone forever, you're like, oh, God. You know, you get a little tired of it. So, and if that's showing on TV, which, uh, you know, you're saying it is, then yeah, it might be time for some sort of a shakeup. I think. Uh, 
I don't know. But what would you grade this I, I, match? I, I, I would love to see either a heel Xavier or a heel Big E. Uh, I, I can't I can't buy Kofi as a heel because he's too nice of a guy. Yeah, I always and felt like chilled out. Xavier seems like the brains of the group, so I feel like him, he'd be the perfect heel in that regard. Um, Big E as well. I think he's he's primed for a main event run, um, and I would love to see it. You know, before before he gets older, or God forbid, does one of those dives and ends it all. Uh, so. I would love to see either of them, you know, as the heel of the group. Yeah, I feel like Kofi's a little too nice. <laughs> but no, I think the ma- the match was good. I think I was not looking forward to it. I was like, man, I don't really dig the the, the, the club that much, and the new day are kind of getting boring to me. And um, they put on a really physical good match, so it was good. All right, what would you grade it? Uh, B plus. All right, we got a B plus. Okay, so we're doing all right so far. This is where I joined the um, my, my flight landed in. Dallas and I had a like four hour <laughs> luckily or unluckily four hour layover with uh, due to some weather things and uh, was sitting there watching on my phone and I saw TJ Perkins come out to a very Mega Man-ish introduction did you see this I did I did my Twitter feed was uh, yeah, blowing up Twitter from people from people were like dude what did you are you watching this so well I, so I was I w- it was interesting because uh my feed was like it was a weird mix of positive and negative. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, well, it was for two, a couple reasons. Well, so like in the intro video, it's like select player, right? And he, he chooses TJ Perkins, and then some people were complaining that that like makes all the, the cruiserweights seem interchangeable. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Apparently, TJ Perkins has like a, a weird kind of like um, men's rights activist kind of following or something. Because when I, we, apparently, I don't know, I don't, I, I wasn't really following it, but apparently a bunch of people on Twitter were like, this TJ Perkins is a real, like, scumbag guy or whatever, and I was like, okay, that's news to me. Um, but then, I, the, so the, that, that was interesting, because I'd never heard that before. And then as he was coming out, I was seeing, you know, interesting, like, I think some people really liked the idea that they were using Chiptune on WWE. I think some people didn't feel like it was dynamic enough. I thought it was, I mean, I think this is exciting for you and that it sounds like they're open to new forms of music. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I've, I've heard, you know, mixed reviews as well. And I also heard that TJ Perkins is not a, not a great guy, but uh, I hope that that's not the case. But I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Anybody that dabs that much and does it unironically, I can't think they're a good person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like the dab is a little bit kind of bordering on played out but it's it's still cool and he, he makes it look cool um i thought the dad like so the thing is the, the, the dab muda lock i can i can dig that like i can if, dig if, that if, if you can name that like the dab lock because <laughs> that's so fucking like stupid and lame and like ridiculous that i'm like okay i can, I can get behind that but yeah i could i could ride with that <laughs> but man, i mean so, okay but okay but my here's here's my real problem though is it's not you know the the mra thing or whatever it's that he's... I, I don't think that anybody was asking for TJ Perkins. Like, of all the people in the Cruiserweight Classic, I don't think that anyone was like, man, TJ Perkins, that's the guy. And I understand that they couldn't get a contract Well, yeah, if they with, couldn't get those folks, they had to go with what, you know, their options, you know? I know, but I just don't feel like... I mean, of all the people, like, and you look at it, like, how dynamic, you know, that, that was, and it's just like, man, TJ Perkins and Brian Kendrick... And then they put on a fine match. But, I mean, like, I just think, like, if you look at... You could either have someone like Cedric Alexander, who's like basically the total package. We have like someone like Rich Swan, who you know maybe doesn't have as much of like uh, 
I mean, he's a little bit more kind of wild, but he's just a little bit. But that that's cool because he can do like these wild things, like the standing 450, which is you know ridiculous. And I just feel like, man, 38 year old, you know, Brian Kendrick, who's kind of like we've already seen him, and T.J. Perkins is like I don't know if that was the right like match for that first, especially after that like, wild four way too. Yeah. Um, I, I hear what you said also about the uh, the comment about these guys being interchangeable. Uh, I thought the four-way was great. I didn't really feel like any of them were, was over, at least in the beginning. They kind of got themselves over throughout the match. So that's my worry about cruiserweights in general on Raw, is that are they going to stick these guys into a generic 15-minute segment where they get no story time, they're just... A bunch of interchangeable dudes flying around. You know what I mean? So I hope that that's not the oh, case. Oh, no, I, I think that's exactly what's... I mean, I think that, like, when you look at the way the Cruiserweight Classic was basically, like, filmed and uh, all the visuals were done like a Street Fighter game, and the way that they're doing it now is, like, I think they're totally treating it like these are video game characters. Which is, you know, which is good in, a, in one way, but in another way, I think they're not going to get over because they're always going to be these interchangeable things. And I think that, like, the dynamic was really good in that four-way, right? You have, like, the the you know, Lucha Libre guy, you have, like, the super fast guy, the all-around guy, and then, like, the, the cowardly heel. Um, but this match was really weird because when you have, like, the cowardly heel and just, like, TJP, who doesn't really have a character, which I just kind of just being TJP, uh... It's a weird thing, and it's both like, okay, it's, this is their, your first ever one-on-one cruiserweight match, and they, both of their finishers are submission moves. Yeah. I'm just like, man, like, I don't know, just something doesn't seem right, man. I don't know. I would have much rather seen, like, I don't know, like, Neville or someone who, like, I don't know. It, to, 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 me, to me, the match was okay. Yeah, the match was okay, but, like, the match up of those two people didn't, didn't do it for me. Okay. Yeah, I'm hoping Neville becomes a part of the cruiserweight division and really makes some noise in there. Um, what would you grade this match? Uh, honest, I don't know. I mean, the thing is that, like, the match itself was fine, but comparatively to the work that everyone else seems to be putting in right now, I, I, I never really got that, like, that interested in, you know, comparatively to, uh, even just the, the other day, uh, I don't know if you saw, uh, uh Cedric Alexander versus, uh, Andrade, uh, Cien. Oh no, I'm not, I didn't catch that one. And that was actually like really good. And Andre, like I'm, I'm on the the Cien train finally. Uh, but nothing about this really was like, man. Except, uh, Brian Kendrick actually wrestles for the local. I don't know if he does now, but he used to be like a, a regular at Hood Slam here in Oakland. Um, and I love, I love Brian Kendrick. He's great. He's super dynamic. But nothing, nothing here. I don't know. This thing is called the Captain's Hook, and he's like a weird pirate guy. I don't know. None of, none of this is, like, ringing true to me. No. So, I give the match a C. I mean, I don't know. It was fine. It was a good effort. But comparatively to... to I don't think that they're keeping pace with the, the rest of the, the cruiserweight community right now. Yeah. I can agree with that. Let's see. Sounds right to me. I agree. Uh, next, we got the Best of Seven Series finale. Question mark. Cesaro versus Sheamus ends in a no contest draw. Thrown out. Didn't count didn't happen something i don't know basically um i thought this match was outstanding actually i thought the match really really drove it home that both of these guys won it they told a great story but then um i think the end of the no contest was really unfair to us that now we have to (laughs) we have to probably do this again and um i don't think anybody even asked for it in the first place so well i think that's the problem is that like (laughs) They're, they're, they're very clearly, like, both Cesaro and Sheamus are, like, 
someone put a fire under their ass and were like, this is, you, you guys better not blow this. Like, you're, you're, you're going to get lapped. And, like, they went out there and they put out an amazing performance and they did the best they could. But this was now the ninth match in a row between these people. Right. Yeah, they did. A, they had a match and then started the best of seven series. They had two matches first. Cesaro won the first two matches. Oh, uh, yeah. And then they had the best of seven and then they had three Sheamus and then one was a house show. And then, so the, basically there's been eight, eight televised matches. And now we're getting a ninth televised match and really the tenth out of the series or whatever. Well, like, I had a friend tell me or throw in a tweet that was a really cool idea. What if you think? Because um, again, no one wants to see a ninth match of these guys. So, what if Mick Foley or someone throws a fast one and says, all right, I said I would give whoever showed me the most a championship opportunity. Both of you guys have showed me a lot, so I'm teaming you up and you're getting a tag team title shot. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. And I think that that actually is... So I, I think that the way that they, they, that, they, that they phrased this was actually very smart, if a little contrived in terms of like them saying oh well it's a, it's a championship opportunity because I, I think that they you know they knew that like you know especially after Seth gets injured or I don't I mean they didn't think of that but you know Seth got injured at SummerSlam when they started it but uh not Seth sorry um Finn um I think that this is a nice like you know business out where you can be like oh well if I don't know if someone gets injured or whatever happens we can immediately just pass the title to Sheamus or Cesaro right but if, if everything is going fine, then we can put them together as a tag team instead and be like, oh, they gained each other's respect after, like, beating the hell out of each other for so long that they realize that they're, like, basically, like, brothers from another mother kind of thing where they're, like, you know, where they're, like, oh, well, you know, you're, you may be Swiss and I may be Irish, but we're really the, you know, the same. We're cut from the same cloth, right? I mean, that could, that could get Seamus over. I feel like he's, he's kind of been stagnant for a little while. And Cesaro, of course, is huge with the fans. Um, so maybe it could work out. Yeah, I actually. I yeah, I actually. I, I think that that actually is what's going to happen. Um, um, because I don't think that there's. Because like, I don't think you know, that there's think like if, you know. I think if if it's not Cesaro, that, you know, it would be Cesaro, you know, versus, versus um, versus you know, versus versus Owens. But the thing is, Cesaro is just such a bad promo. I don't think that they they would put him in this like in the main event ever. I think that 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 you know having him in this tag team with Sheamus makes probably the most sense yeah i think you're right i as much as i'd love to see it i can't see cesaro as as world champ i mean maybe they go u.s title like here's an opportunity it's a championship you know or something like that but yeah i can't necessarily see him getting to the top of the mountain unfortunately no i mean i think they haven't done the strange bedfellows in a while right yeah yeah, it's been a while, and those are usually interesting. When well, it I think the last one that was 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 like Santino and Kozlov, you know, and and they milk that for like a good year, year and a half. I mean, it's not wasn't really good for either of their careers when you become a comedy character, but I mean that actually might help Cesaro is having some personality. Yeah, I think so. I think that that could help him out a lot. Sheamus is definitely a little more, uh, I think, comfortable on the mic. And I think that maybe they could bring something cool out of each other. So, what do you grade this match? Uh, I mean, I thought it was great. I think that the I'm surprised with the no contest thing, and I mean, I'm interested to see where they go with it. Uh, but the match was good. I'd say a B. I mean, they they definitely like beat the hell out of each other, and uh, that one dive where Cesaro like landed on his head was really scary. So uh, good for them. I mean, not not good that he did that, but good for them for putting it all out there. 
yeah. That was that was super scary, man. I, I thought he'd killed himself. That was insane. I think I for one am, am okay with them stopping these headfirst suicide dives. They gotta stop. I yeah. I, I don't I don't like it. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I'd give it a B, man. I thought it was great. Um, I thought the ending was a little too predictable. I think I felt like I predicted right before it started. I was like, okay, everyone thinks Cesaro's taking this, so no contest. Like that was that was my prediction tweet right before it happened, and um, and it happened. So anytime I can predict it, it loses a little bit of points for me. But I thought the action and the story were great, so I give it a B. No. I was thinking that, it would, that they were going to do the whole, like, I thought they were going to go straight line, right? I thought they were, it was going to be, you know, uh, Sheamus gets his three wins, and then Cesaro pulls off the comeback, and that's it. Um, and so the fact that they did the no contest thing, I was like, oh, okay, because like, they are thinking of doing going a, another direction with it. Because um, I think that, that would have just been so, like, convoluted. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't just go the direct path. I'm glad, too. Uh, next, we had Jericho versus Sami Zayn. Um, this match, I really enjoyed. Uh, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I, I think that the ending was interesting. Um, you know, I've never, you know, I've read all of Jericho's books, and, uh, you know, he talks about how he, when he created the Codebreaker, he wanted to have something like the RKO or the Stunner that he could kind of hit from out of nowhere and hit it. But it always, like, you know, depending on how he, it, it hits... I mean, the kind of the codebreaker is not the stunner, and it's not the pedigree. It's not, it, it doesn't seem right, and so you know, in this match, when he hits it on Zayn, like Zayn sells it so well, and it looks so cool, um, but it's just like very like I don't know. It didn't. It, it was very like it was too out of nowhere to me. I mean, I liked it. I like I like how they ended it, but at the same time, it was just like man, if you could just hit that move, and no, nothing else in the match mattered at all. I, it, it, something about that was a little, was a little yeah, odd. Yeah, maybe it was like rushed or something. Maybe they were over time and they're like, all right, wrap it up. Okay. Boom. Well, also, he, he, uh, you could see, uh, Jericho really clearly, um, calling, like calling for the, for the end, at the end. And that, I, I found that to be super weird that, like, the camera, you can clearly see him, like, talking to Zami and then they do the, the spot. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you're right. Maybe, maybe they were rushed or something because it just that's, it seemed odd that they would be so sloppy. Yeah, I think they were just up against time and they were like, end it, cut it. And I mean, Sammy's always great at selling. I mean, he looks like he's dying in every match. And I mean, I think that that always brings so much to the match. Um, I feel the result, I think it needed to happen. I think Jericho's on a, a crazy roll right now. I mean, he's doing some of his best stuff of his career. And I mean, there's been so much great stuff. So to even say it's near the best is is a huge compliment. Um, you know, every week is just something new and cool. The list of Jericho is amazing. Um, and I thought, oh, Sammy needs this to get back on track. But I think Jericho needs this to, because he's hot, <laughs> you know. So I'm not mad at the result at all. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's weird because, like, I think Jericho is a really interesting person in that, like, He's kind of like a, not, he's not like really a great person. He's kind of like annoying and like, especially, you know, when you see his like face gimmick and you see like what he thinks he is, where he thinks he's like this cool guy, like he's not. And it's like really like, it's really lame and it's really like, just like, ugh, you know, and his, his music is terrible and it's whatever. But when he's just like vibing and just being like the, the, the you know, like the scummy heel and not really like, like, I don't know, just like, you know, like, he, he is playing a character, but he's really just, like, turning up his, like, just scumminess. 
It just comes off so, like, genuine. And it's so great. And I think that he deserves, like, he's been, you know, he comes back and keeps on putting people over. And all he does, there's so much, you know, despite the fact that he is, like, a, a, a scumbag person, uh, unlike a lot of wrestlers, he actually, like, all he does is put people over. Like, you know, it's, every time he has a match, it's like, oh, it's against Evan, you know, Evan Bourne. And he loses to Evan Bourne clean. He loses here clean. Loses to Fandango clean. All he does is, is lose clean to give people over because he, he respects the business. But he's too good for that. He doesn't. He should be. He should be winning. And Sami Zayn, honestly, is a character that should be losing more than he, they should be winning. Yeah, I mean that's always been his character, the underdog. And I feel like, you know, so a loss doesn't necessarily hurt him at all. So I think it's it's okay. I'd like to see Sami maybe in the. I was thinking in the U.S. Championship picture, but now that we got kind of big guys there, I don't know if that would work. But, I don't know. I'd like to see a little more out of Sammy, but I can, I'm can. i definitely okay with him losing this match. I, I'm sure that you'll see, an, you know, before this Kevin Owens experiment is done, you'll see Sammy versus Owens again for the title. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. It'll yeah. probably be either on a Raw or maybe at a pay-per-view. But I, I do believe we'll see it again. I think, because I think that, you know, uh, I, I actually, my, my predictions right now is... is for WrestleMania, it would be uh, Triple H versus uh, Seth Rollins, and it would be Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn for the title. Really? Yeah, and I, th- I think that that's that's the direction they're going to go. Wow! Um, so you see Sami Zayn what winning the Royal Rumble? Well, no, not necessarily. Well, also, you know, I don't know what the rules are going to be, you know, for that because you know because it's going to be cross cross whatever. I I would assume like okay, my my thought process would be that that. Uh, Mm, that whoever wins the Royal Rumble is going to go for the, the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay, the SmackDown title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just okay. because I think I think that there's not like as many outs on SmackDown. Like, and, there, and there's a lot of like bigger names. Like, there's like the John Cena's, and you know, um, there's a few, there's a couple bigger names on 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 SmackDown that uh, don't really have direction. And I think on, on on Raw they already have a lot of like character motivations that like. Like I said, Sami Zayn just makes the most sense. Um, but, yeah, you have to, but who knows, right? Huh, who knows? I think that would be interesting. Uh, what do you grade this match? Uh, B+. Plus. I thought it was great. I think, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it was good. It was good. B, B, B plus. I think that, you know, if, if there was actually something on the line um, and it wasn't just like a random kind of filler match, uh, you know, I think it would have been a little better. But I also kind of appreciate it being like the fact that he beat Sami Zayn is like, you know, just because cause he's friends with, with, with Kevin Owens, you know, and I kind of like the whole, you know, dynamic they have going on there. Yeah, I think this may be, and it, it may wind up happening again, but like a, a rematch of this and like winner's number one contender or something like that would make for an interesting dynamic. I do feel like Jericho and Owens are probably going to have to lock horns at some point, but, uh, but that's, that's probably way down the line. But I would like I, to see this. I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen at all. Never? You don't think so? I I think that, you know, one thing that they're really going for lately is like more long term booking of like look at how they're doing like the club. Where like they broke them up into different into different, you know, whatever, uh, different shows, yet they still um, they like they're still in the club and like no one turned on one another. I think that they, I think that they actually are starting to like appreciate having, you know, a longer term booking where it's like, yeah, they're just friends, and that's just how it is. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I would be okay with that. 
Alright. Um, one thing I noticed by this point in the show, I was like, hey, where's Enzo and Cass? And then I realized that Enzo and Cass did not have a match. Uh, what's that all about? Was I mean, I don't know. Is there anything? Did you hear anything? Is there a particular reason you think why they didn't have a match on this show? Or they just had a night off? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting that they, uh... I thought it was very interesting that they decided that they want to put them in this, like, lower-end feud with uh, the Colognes. And just in general, I mean, I don't know, I, I find the Colognes to be very interesting in terms of, like, they never really seem to get that much, like, respect from the WWE. Uh, but I'm surprised that, you know, with this kind of, like, really junky, kind of xenophobic gimmick that they've given them, I'm surprised that they even are putting them on the same level as Endo and Cass, and that they're giving them wins. Yeah. Uh, it, that's a surprise to me, too. I mean, I guess there's really... I don't know, maybe there's nothing else for them to do right now. So they're like, maybe Enzo and Cass can elevate these guys. The tag team division needs work on Raw. So they gotta get somebody over somehow, I guess. Yeah, well, I think that's part of the whole issue with the whole, like, you know... Uh, with with having these, these separate rosters. If I, unless you're gonna, like, actually hire a ton more people, which I, I would hope that they would, but if, they, if they're not... I don't know how they're, how you're gonna like the, the roster's so thin. How many tag teams are there? Like four, five? Yeah, like not many. I don't know. So, All right. Well, next yeah. we have the women's championship, which is I kind of feel the same way about the women's in, on Raw, where I feel like there's like three of them, and that's it. Like, there's I mean I don't know, but maybe it's because everyone else is separated. I don't necessarily think about Nia Jackson and Alicia Fox, but it seems to be just like three women, and that's it. And Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey, and um. So, triple threat match, this is what initially I picked to be the match of the night. I don't think it was, but I did find it very uh, entertaining. What did you think of this match? Uh, I thought it was good. I mean, I think, you know, like, these, these women clearly know, you know, each other. And, uh, you know, they know how to kind of, like, make a good match out of one another. And, and they're all getting more comfortable in their roles and... Um, Doing good. I think that the story was very like you know this is all kind of like just a, a, a basically n nothing has really changed from NXT right like this is all just kind of the same stuff from NXT uh, and so I mean I think the story itself is not that like exciting and uh, I don't know I mean I'm excited to see where the division goes but right now I feel like we've already seen all of this and none of this is like that exciting and I think that this is all basically a retread of what happened on you know in NXT. So I'm eager to see where it ends up going down the line. But, yeah, I mean, I think the match itself was fine. I just, I don't know. Like, this basically, like, what, what was the, uh, what was the WrestleMania match? It was Sasha, Charlotte, and, oh, and Becky Lynch. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, I think that, like, you know, just add, adding in Bailey is not, I don't know. I would like to see someone else join the, join the fray. Yeah, I I agree, and, and maybe it's and I was I'm gonna bring this up later, but maybe I know who it is. So remind me to bring that up later. All right, next match. Uh, well, what would you grade this match first? Uh, B. All right, yeah, I agree. Let's go with a B. Uh, U.S. Championship match: Roman Reigns defeats Rusev, and Roman is the new U.S. Champ. Believe that. What were your thoughts on this match? You know, uh, I mean, I think it's a, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's, 
it's very clearly a mistake in terms of like, this is not hot. This is not like, no one is like, yeah, but it's not like, no, no one is, is also like, oh man, this is the worst thing ever. Like, I can't believe that they give you a title Roman, right? So it's not really getting like heel heat either. I think it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, okay. Uh, it's just weird because it's like this again, like, and I, I keep, he, keep bringing this up, but like, it's all like this weird, like, patriotism thing where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I beat that evil Russian. But he's not, like, I mean, he's like Samoan. It's like, not a, like, it's, it's, it's really weird. And he, like, comes out and he interrupts this guy's, like, wedding celebration. And, like, I don't know why I would, I, I would feel bad for Roman Reigns at all here. Like, <laughs> I, I wanted him to, like, and, it, and you know what? I'm, I'm completely disregarding all the other Roman Reigns stuff. But if you just look at this feud, he's just been a total jerk. Yeah. And, like, what has Rusev done besides be foreign? That's <laughs> bad, you know? And be, like, kind of loud and annoying. And I just be like, I don't know. I feel bad for, for Roman Reigns. I mean, for, for Rusev. So, I don't know. Having a, having having Reigns just, just beat him clean, like, it works for his character in terms of, like, if we want to keep Reigns as being this, like, super dominant, like just beast cool like great like this is what you need to do he needs to win he needs to win important matches but uh in terms of like yeah i, I don't know i think this is just this it could have been so much more and just kind of just was there and people were like all right whatever sure <laughs> yeah yeah i wasn't i wasn't super excited about it the feud like you said it all begins with roman being a jerk so it's like why why are we supposed to cheer for you um it's been strange the booking with roman has been very very strange and um i don't know it's like if they want people to like them then you don't you don't do things like that <laughs> i don't i don't get it so i don't know what's gonna happen with this u.s title reign um i was you know i really like rusev i've been a fan for a long time i feel like he's a he's a main event talent and uh, i don't know maybe this is a slight move up for rusev but i don't know who else roman could even face in that at the at the u.s title level to make it interesting so i don't really know what's going on i don't know i don't hate it um i predicted oh, I mean, it I, I think that they will probably do something along the same lines as cena where they will basically make him this like workhorse champion uh which you know you know with the hope that that will you know people will get excited about about him if he's you know um winning matches and, and he's a you know constant workhorse kind of thing uh which i think i think is not the worst decision in the world i think i think that that could theoretically i mean i, I don't think it's going to work but I, I understand the logic behind it yeah yeah i understand them trying but yeah i don't know if that's going to totally work and get them over but okay i mean if if that's if they're more comfortable with doing that than turning them heel then okay you know it should be interesting not not the worst idea i've heard uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, what would you grade this match? Uh, see, I mean it. The, I mean, I think that again, like they're, they're doing a fine job, I guess. But it's just like never. I was never. I went into it with an open mind. I just it never. I don't think it ever got interesting at all, or uh, it, it never was was captivating as like from a story perspective. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I I, I liked. Um, I like the story. I like Lana pulling out the referee. <laughs> that was cool. Um, at that point, I'm like, why not just end the match in disqualification? But I'm like, nah, no one wants that. So, okay, let's keep it going and get her out of there. 
right. in, in, in a way, like I almost like I feel like the match was like the debates was like I don't really want either of these people to win. I kind of just want it to be over. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I was kind of ready for it to end. Uh, all right. So yeah, I can agree with the C on that one. Um, now the Universal Title match: Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Dream match for a lot of people, a lot of a lot of indie folks who have been watching these guys for the past ten years. Like, man, they played in, you know, these guys wrestled in gyms, you know, to to a hundred people, and now they're main eventing a, a pay per view. So I think that's a cool story. Um, Kevin Owens defeats Seth Rollins with a lot of shenanigans, a lot of cheating. But um, what was your thoughts on this match? Uh, I was surprised that they decided to go like full WWE on it. You know, like, I, I really thought that it was going to be this, like, nice, clean, you know, like, they were just going to have, like, a 20-30 like a minute match, right? Where, you know, uh, Seth Rollins would, would basically become the face by being this, like, super facey, you know, facey face. And, and, and you know, uh, Owens would just be a total jerk the entire time. And, we and you know, you would, you would basically win over, you know, like, the crowd would would, would, would eventually like Seth Rollins just because of the contracts. Uh, but instead they go, you know, full WWE where, you know, friggin', uh, you know, Jericho is getting involved and then Stephanie's coming out and this and that. And I don't know if that's necessarily the wrong thing, but I just, I don't know. I don't think that if I were, if I were doing it, I would have went a slightly different direction. I just like, I would have let the match be what it was and then let people see why these people are worth seeing as opposed to immediately going into like you know all these shenanigans yeah i mean they haven't really that's been my only complaint with kevin owens as champ they haven't really showed you like this is why he's the guy you know what i mean i mean we know because we've watched them over the past year or two but giving him a championship match you know or a match as champion rather that lets people know like this is why he's got the belt you know what i mean and i was yeah. hoping for i was hoping this would be that one and uh, yeah, they went way shenanigans with it, and um, and I'm not mad at shenanigans, but I thought that that again, I'm, I'm keep I'm waiting for the the Seth Rollins face moment, and I mean, I guess, and, and I'm also okay with them playing tweener for a while, but I thought, yeah, you let two people stomp on them, that's usually like, hey, that's the good guy they're getting stomped on, you know what I mean? Like that's usually the thing. So I was thinking, okay, well they're just gonna cheat them and cheat them a whole lot until people just get so frustrated with that that they're all and out all out cheering for Seth but I felt like I don't know I still feel like I would like to see the good guy moment <clears throat> out of Seth but this this tweener thing is good um I, I think that you'll probably see it tonight you think so I think uh, I don't know I mean the thing is that like I say all these things based off conventional wisdom but I don't know if they're just gonna like consider tonight a wash because the the debates and not not really doing that's what i'm worried about i don't i don't think all those or any of those exciting things that we talked about are going to happen because it's the debates and you know i don't know i think i think that the ratings for tonight's raw will be the lowest ever like ever in history ever i think it'll be like a (laughs) 1.1 wow well, it was a 1.9 the other day. So, I mean, that is well, not even like... So, yeah, I guess that's not beyond the realm of possibility. Um, and, yeah, so I, but so then why waste a great moment then, I feel, you know, not to say Seth Rollins has to have the stone-cold beer bath or the, you know what I mean, or the, the Kurt Angle milk bath 
super face moment. But I don't think they would do that on a on a night going up against the the debates. We'll see. But what did you think of this match? They gave these guys 25 minutes. Um, I thought I saw a lot of cool stuff. Um, I thought Seth Rollins was really hurt from that gut buster from the top rope. I mean, he, he sold that the, the whole rest of the match. But yet, he still frog splashed and did all the amazing things he does. So, might be one of the first times I've seen two frog splashes, one by each wrestler in a match. Might have been. I haven't seen that in a while. And um, But yeah, I thought the match was great. A lot of cool offense. A lot of innovative stuff, but it, it just got really kind of wonky at the end. Really funky. But, um, I don't know. I think that this pay-per-view was supposed to not answer any questions, but just kind of create a little more uh, suspense. So, I think that they, they did that well. Um, the Stephanie and the referee thing and the... Yeah, I don't know. So, I thought the match was decent, but I, I, I guess I wanted more out of... I just wanted them to let these guys go, honestly. So to me, I'm gonna say a C. But what do you think? Yeah, you know, I would say I would say a C minus. I mean, I don't know. Like, I enjoy the fact that like Jericho is involved in some sort of like you know um, main event storyline. That's hot to me. Uh, but other than that, I mean, like yeah, the, the whole match was just like this. This could have been like a really interesting you know match between these two. You know, like super like studs you know of like just like the art ring of a ring of honor you know fame and instead of letting them really go at it you know they have a match that's totally just like the wwe show which is you know which is fine i mean that's also what people are paying for but i don't know i just i, I would have had, allowed them to have a little bit of fun first yeah i agree okay c to c minus for the championship match i feel like this pay-per-view got worse as it went on according to our grades so um Overall, was, and I'll just rate this on a very simple pass-fail basis, was this pay-per-view worth the three hours you spent watching it? Uh, I would say no. I mean, I, I really enjoyed that no, that uh, Backlash was only two hours, and all the matches seemed to mean something and were really good. Here, you know, there was only one title change, and the title change was the U.S. title, which was I, I did not care about. Um... I don't know. It just didn't seem. It just seemed like a real like placeholdery show, where it didn't have to be. And um, Backlash should have been a placeholder show, and I was expecting a placeholder show, and it really impressed me. Yeah, and, uh, I feel like this could have been an episode of Raw, unfortunately. Um, and a lot of these matches didn't have to happen. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I overall didn't feel like it was quite worth it. So on a pass fail basis, I give it a fail. But I do think that the uh, the action was at least entertaining in most of the lower to mid card matches so overall i guess it's at a c i suppose um and you led me right into the next thought i was going to ask your thoughts on smackdown in comparison to raw so is smackdown now the superior show uh i would say at least right now it is um you know obviously like you know they have i think some pretty good like i don't know i think that they have this really nice mix of like you know the the triple A talent, so they have the you know the AJ Styles and John Cena and the Dean Ambrose or whatever, and then and then the rest is all just like super low tier, but I almost feel like that's a like a good chance for them to like allow them to like you know grow and try new things and 
you know, like, you know, imagine having someone from the Ascension or, uh, I don't know, whatever, you know, win, win an important match. And it's like, it wouldn't be as out of line on SmackDown. But I feel like, like, Raw kind of has, like, this, like, the people who are good, like, Sheamus, but not really that, like, interesting. And, Rus- you know, like, it has Sheamus and Rusev and Roman Reigns and uh, all these people who are, like, I'm not really that excited about. But they're fine. But, I don't know, I just feel like SmackDown has a much more interesting dynamic right now. I think, and I agree, I think the, it's the less is more thing. I think just having less to work with, less time, I think that they're they're just making the most of every segment, of every moment, of every match. Raw has more, there's more talent, more time, and so they're like, let's just get everybody a chance. And that's not always going to make for a better product. And uh, so that's, honestly, I feel like, yeah, because there's such a divide in the amount of talent they have, SmackDown's just been able to make make more happen with it, I think. I, I also think, but I also think that two hours really helps out a lot. I think, like, you know, when you, when you look at, like, the, some of the best shows, like Lucha Underground, like, it's an hour, or, like, NXT, it's an hour, and, like, the, it, it makes those those times that they have stuff going on be important and meaningful, as opposed to, you know, with Raw, where it's just, like, so much filler. Yeah, so much. And then they're adding more with the with the cruiserweights, so I don't know. All right, so two guys, well, two people, two superstars that are coming back soon um, to Raw, actually. Uh, do you think, well, not in general, do you think that these, and that one of them is Paige, and I, I think, hopefully, I mean, we were talking about the women's division and maybe adding some spice, and I think that Paige can come back and maybe add a little to that. Um, what do you think? And also, Luke Harper is returning soon. Any chance of either of them two making an impact on TV? Uh, no, I think I think that uh, I think Paige is done. I think that if even if Paige comes back, I think that her heart, like she wanted to quit, she tried to quit. And even if someone was like, "You can't quit," you know, like you know, whether the, the legal team or her family or someone was like, "That is not an option." And, you know, she's like, I guess I don't, you know, especially because I, I you know, her contract, like, you know, she, she's in a very long-term contract with uh, Total Divas and this and that. Like, you know, like, she can't just walk away. But if she wants to walk away and her heart's not in it, she's done. So, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're just going to, like, job her out or what. Um, but I think that she's, she's, you know, she's no longer emotionally invested. I think Lou Parker, Lou Harper. I think they'll give him a chance, but I'm worried that they're going to, like, Eric Rowan it, where they're not, they're going to, like, have, give him, like, some sort of weird, like, face turn or something that doesn't really fit his character, and it will be kind of a mess, and then people will be like, ah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's going to give either of them a, a, a lot of chances as far as getting over, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, uh, but, you know, I, I want to see something, but I'm just not sure what's going to happen with there. Alright, well that is our wrap-up of WWE. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more with Matt Khan about your video game, sir. Yeah. And, and all that good stuff. So we'll be back in a second. It's Matt Mania. Thanks for listening. See ya. Hey everyone, this is Zenith, and I'm a proud member of the Bits and Rhymes fan club on Patreon. This club, which is the brainchild of teacher, rapper, hero, Mega Ran, and his frequent music collaborator, Kay Murdoch, a.k.a. The Sound Samurai, pays homage to the fellas' gaming and hip-hop roots, and it serves as an outlet for Ran and Kay to continue to create their unique brand of audio as well as occasional video content for us.
us, the fans of those creations. Whether you dig their music projects, like their Forever Famicom series, or their weekly radio show, The Manual, there is even more content available via the fan club. From free downloads of exclusive music only available to us members, to the ability to access unique content made just for fan club members. And the cool thing is, as club membership grows, so does the amount of exclusive content we, the fans, get, including new music series, streaming video, and much more. So join me and support these incredible artists. It's the Bits and Rhymes fan club on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash bits and rhymes. And remember, you can be a player too. Hey, what's going on? It's Mega Rant. It's Matt Mania, and I'm here with Matt Khan. So it's a double dose of Matt Mania. You could add a T to that. Matt is in the place we just talked about uh, Clash of Champions and what we thought of it. A little bit of SmackDown versus Raw talk, and finally, I want to get into your video game. Sir. Yeah, well, so it's called uh, Read Only Memories. It's a cyberpunk adventure game. It's like a point-and-click kind of old-school style. So if you remember, like, the old Sierra adventure games, like Police Quest or, you know, any, any of that stuff, King's Quest, um, any of those things. Uh, or, like, old-school stuff like Snatcher or Rise of the Dragon or any of that stuff. Escape Monkey Island. It's all kind of, like, stuff like that um, in terms of gameplay. But it takes place in San Francisco 50 years in the future, and it's this really interesting kind of dynamic story about, you know, you play this... Uh, reporter who um, your house gets uh, in, you know invaded not invaded your house gets um, broken into by this little robot who tells you that their their creator has been kidnapped and you know and you basically explore all around San Francisco with this uh, robot and uh, try to kind of figure out what happened to the creator and you learn about this you know this controversy and this 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 whole you know conspiracy thing that's going down. Uh, and so the game already came out on PC, Mac, and Linux without uh, without uh, voiceover, um, and it's been out for a little while. It's been out since October, and then um, in the next coming months, we're going to be releasing it for PS4 and Vita and PC and all that stuff as 2064 read-only memories. And uh, it has a bunch of new new you know puzzles and, and, and new things. It's going to be a free update for anyone who already has the game. But what's unique about what we're doing is that we are doing a free up, like I said, a free update. But we're adding, you know, way more value, I think, than any 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 game has ever added as a free update, because you know we spent more than the original budget of the original game, add in full voice acting, and we have voice acting from around like, the industry. So we have like Lee from The Walking Dead, plenty of time for The Walking Dead. Adam Harrington was the voice of the Wolf Among Us and Wolf Among Us. Uh, Chie from Persona 4 Golden. You know, uh, Launchpad and the Quack from DuckTales. So, like, these really high-level voice actors, as well as, like, Jim Sterling and Dan Reichert. We have Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed, uh, from, you know, WWE. So we have some really amazing people in that are doing the game, and we just really put in this extra layer of, like, if you've played the game originally or you've seen it, um, I think it has a really great story, really great music. It's really interesting. Too Mellow, who... Uh, this really amazing musician that we, you know, met a couple of years back, did all the music and all the sound production for the game. So it's a really amazing audio experience. Uh, but now with the voice acting, I think it, it goes from being like a little bit of a, of a visual novel thing to being this full Hollywood experience. So uh, I'm really excited to get it out, hopefully soon. Um, it was actually supposed to be coming out t- today or tomorrow, uh, uh, September 27th, but um, we ran into some issues with as we're learning, um, 
putting a game on console is a very complicated process. And uh, I understand now like why some people get publishers, because it's a lot of work. And it's very complicated, and if you make small mistakes, it's not like Steam, you know, where you just be like, uh, you know, you get the green light, and then you're done. And you can put up whatever shit you want, you know? Sony, Sony and Nintendo, I don't know about Xbox, but I know, like, Sony and Nintendo, like, the Japanese companies, they have very strict rules. There's very, very strict language about how you can say certain things, and you can't call it a vibration feature, you have to call it a rumble feature, and this, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, and they, they'll fail you, like, they'll find a million things. Which is cool. I mean, like it's their platform, and they have a very specific way of how they want their content. Uh, but it's not a. It was not a. It, it's not a simple process. But it'll be out eventually, once we figure all that stuff out. Uh, it's coming. So for now, where can people get a hold of the game? Maybe a demo or some information on updates. Yeah. Well, if you want to play the original version without voice acting, um, like I said, if you if you if you buy it, you'll get the the, the free update when it comes out. Uh, it's called Redoing Memories. You can find it on Steam, uh, good old games, humble bundle. It's $19.99. Um, you can play through the story and experience it and be like, oh, this is cool. Or you can, you know, hold off until the new version comes out and you can, you know, follow us on midboss.com or follow our Twitter at, at ROM2064 or at WeAreMidBoss and, uh, you know, follow the game's progress. Um... And yeah, we're just really excited to, to kind of, you know, it's this really cool, interesting game that features, you know, really diverse characters and features a lot of weird stuff that we're into. So we have a lot, of, like, there's a ton of wrestling stuff in it. Um, and so if you're a wrestling fan or you're a cyberpunk fan or you like games that are, like, kind of weird, uh, our game is definitely very different. And, um, you know, if you like Call of Duty, you probably won't like the game. Uh, but if you like games that have interesting characters and stories and, and stuff, you, you, you might like it. But, yeah, but once it, when I first heard about it, once I heard Monkey Island and Snatcher, I was I was in. So yeah, but I think the biggest the biggest like thing that you have to realize going into it is that this is like a lean back game. This is not a game that you're like on the edge of your seat, like blasting people or doing whatever. It's just it's a very kind of like chill, have a drink, have some snacks, go through the world. Um, so as long as you like go into that with those ex- expectations, you're gonna have a good time. Nice. All right. Well, best of luck with the release. I will be keeping an update because I'm really, really excited to play it with voice acting, and so I will be staying in touch with with you and finding out more about that. Yeah, I'm excited to show people Xavier Woods's you know voice acting debut. Uh, I mean, te- technically, he did say "New Day" in WWE 2K16, so technically. Technically, it's not his debut, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend like that doesn't count. I don't yeah, know. that's just a very small thing. Yeah, yeah. and he plays <laughs> he plays Vince. The, the interesting thing is that he plays a character called Vincent Mensa, and uh, Vincent Mensa's this this engineer is trying to skip the city. But the interesting is that Vincent Mensa, his last name is Mensa, and Kofi Kingston's last name is Mensa. His real name is Kofi Mensa. And so I was hanging out with Kofi, and I was like showing him the game, and I was like, "Oh yeah, the character's name is Vincent Mensa." And he was like, he looked at me. I was like, I was like, "No, oh, I, I swear to God, that was like unintentional." That was just the just the just the coincidence. But but he was like, then when I was like, "Oh, it's coincidence," he was like, "Oh yeah, well actually, like Mensa is like Smith of Ghana." You know, like, yeah, like apparently, very, very like common. Mensa is like the most common last name in, in Ghana. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't feel too weird. Where I was like, "Oh yeah, we chose like, you know, his exact name." <laughs> right, right. 
Alright. Well, shoot, man. I'm really excited about it. And um, best of luck with the release. I'm sure that... Uh, I'll be watching your journey because, I mean, I'm working on games and things myself. And I learn more about this every day. Like, I know how to put out music, you know, up and down and in and out. But when it comes to games, it's a whole different beast. So, uh, I'm learning that. Alright, so, lastly, before we go, I, before I let you get out of here, I have to have you pick a music selection. So, if Matt Kahn was WWE's hottest new talent, what would be your theme music that they would have to go and go and grab? You know, I, I've been thinking about this for, I thought of this for a long time, because, you know, one is, I, I run a gaming event, and uh, I come out to music sometimes. Um... And even when we had Darren Young as one of our bosses of honor two years ago, and I was like trying to get him to put me through a table, and he was like, "Yeah, sure." But then WWE was like, "No," uh, and, I, and I was like, "I, I get it, I get it." Uh, but you know, and then I, you know, uh, Pax has this like Paxomania like you know uh, thing, you know, where people come out and they, they play like N sixty four versions of wrestling games, and, and they kind of a show. And I, I have a whole, you know, I, I'm ready to go when they're ready when they want me. Uh, but uh, I think that my song would probably be. Um, have you ever played a game called Disgaea? Okay, so uh, it's like this kind of silly JRPG, J Japanese strategy RPG, um, and um, that's actually where, where our company's name. Um, the company's name comes from the game because there's a character called Mid Boss and whatever blah blah, and I, it was my favorite game growing up. But there was, for whatever reason, like the entire soundtrack is just like super Japanese, you know, RPG music. But they, they, they licensed one song, and it's this like weird pop punk uh, song by this uh, this band called Tsunami Bomb. And the song is called The Invasion From Within. And uh, it's this like kind of like dramatic, kind of like, uh, it's almost a little bit like the Kenny Omega song, and, and a little bit in the opening where it's like that, like, it's got those organs and it's like overly melodramatic and but then it like comes in with some like you know kind of pop punky kind of rock stuff and it's kind of silly and it's kind of corny and it's it's not very punk it's it's very pop punk but it's i don't know there's something about it that's really like uh it's like it, it's it's like our whole style with, with the game and kind of what we try to do we try, we try to be like serious and dark while also being cute so, uh, like with our game, it's like you know we basically made like a cute, uh, a cuter version of, of like Blade Runner, uh, in a way, or a cuter version of Snatcher. And so I like I like this I like uh, this guy because it's basically like a cuter version of like Final Fantasy Tactics. And so this song, in, in a way, it matches the vibe very well, where it's like it's trying to be this hardcore like yeah demonic you know, but really it's just kind of a silly fun uh, song, and it's like only yeah so. And I actually, um, I, I've actually, I, I was thinking about making like a Titantron video for myself. I mean, I guess this is before they, you know, they, they don't really make full Titantron videos anymore. Now they just do like these weird mini-trons. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would just, I would cut out, there's like a, like a, there's an area, I would go straight from like the opening to like the bridge. But other than that, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it, it fits well for, for an opening song. Nice. All right. It's well, got, it's got go the build-up and the drop, drop. and... Check it out. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go to Invasion from Within. Thank you, Matt Conn, for being here. How can people get in touch with you if they want to chat with you? Yeah. Well, I'm uh, at Matt Conn, M-A-T-T-C-O-N-N, -N, on Twitter. 
or you can email me matt at midboss.com. So, you know, we have the game Read Only Memories. We also do a lot of work in the video game industry around like, uh, you know, the quality and diversity in the, in the, in the, uh, in the space specifically from like an LGBT perspective. So we have a gaming event called Gamer X. We have a, a documentary called Gaming in Color that kind of focus on, you know, why representation is important and, and we kind of come out it from different sides. We try to do it from a really like, uh, friendly and, and solution based kind of like way. I think that a lot of times, sometimes they're not always, uh, trying to find a solution. And like for us, we're always trying to figure out like, how do we, you know, find ways to make everybody feel welcome at the table. Um, and, yeah, and so that's what we try to do. Is we try to we try to do that in this, with our game and our convention and our movie. We always try to do it from like a fun, you know, accessible way. We never try to be judgy or be like you got to do this or else you're a bad person because nobody <laughs> wants to, you know nobody wants to hear that, right? No, like so so we, we we always try to come at it from like a very like you know like just just everybody's cool like every, you know like just just respect everybody else and also everybody has like a unique experience they can tell. And I think with our game, like you know, we created Only Memories from unique experiences and we have a pretty diverse interesting team the people that made it and I think that it, if you play it it really shines through with like it is it is a very different uh, game than you probably ever played in terms of the story and world and characters and uh, that's what we want to see more of in gaming we just want to see more people making cool unique stuff and more unique diverse creators making games awesome alright man I'm really I'm really a big fan of all you do in the fields of diversity and representation so I want to thank you for that most most of all and I think that having it shine through in the game is uh, super commendable and uh, keep up the great work man thank you yeah man you too I, you're, you're killing it right now dude I mean like I, I like I like when you're on stage and you're like you know of all the, the signed rappers that Capcom has it's like it's Drake Lil Wayne and Mega Ram right I mean you get you're, you're you're in like I think in the same way as like with Xavier Woods where uh, video game culture and like the the surrounding things around it are like way undervalued by the world you know and I think that only now people are starting to kind of get it but they still don't really get it and so the fact that you've been able to kind of push your way through all the bullshit and all the people who are like that's not a real thing or like you know you, there's no real like market there or whatever and you're like, no, this is real, and like, this is what I feel, and like, I think it's all gonna pay like mega dividends for you soon. So I'm excited to see you, uh, see you selling out, you know, hundred hundred thousand person Korean soccer, soccer stadiums. Oh snap! <laughs> Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. One day, one day. Yeah, 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 yeah. One, day. one day. All right. Well, we're out of here. We're gonna take you out with the selection. And it's going down. It's Invasion from Within. It's Matt Mania. Thank you so much, Matt Conf, for being here. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you are five-starring it and sharing it with all your friends. And uh, we'll see you next time. It's Matt Mania. As always, keep your shoulders off the mat. Matt Mania, baby.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 